he never brought it up again. That was what she said. He didn't bring it up and say, okay, now we need redress for this. No. So just wipe these things away. If you look in the Quran, Sakina is mentioned six times. And Allah Ta'ala five times, he says, Anzala. Anzalallahu sakinatahu. Then Allah brings his Sakina down. That Sakina, what is it? Sakina is either, it's a creation on its own. It's a substance on its own. Or Sakina is actually the result of Nur being descended. Okay, light being descended down upon somebody. And that light may be a separate light, or it may be the descent of angels, the effect of angels. So when the angels come down, we know the Prophet said that oh, when there's a gathering of the angels, enshroud them with their wings. Okay, they enshroud them with their wings. But when this happens, it's the angels themselves love dhikrillah. So they themselves are enjoying the dhikrullah and they're getting, what is the food of the angels? It's dhikr. So could it be that the angels by attending the gathering of dhikr themselves are being nourished? It would make sense because if their food is dhikr, why are they enshrouding them? They're enshrouding them to, 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 to give them sakina, maybe also to absorb from their dhikr, right? And so when the angels enshroud the gathering of dhikr or the single individual making dhikr, that the maybe it is that the angel himself is being nourished and also he's giving sakina upon the individual himself. Okay. And when the sakina comes down, it, it comes down on your whole body. Okay. That uh, it increases their iman, the sakina. And on top of this, he says, uh, okay. So the, the, the first location of the Sakina when it comes down, it's literally coming down from the heavens and it comes all over you. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the first thing that is affected when Sakina comes down is your skin because it touches you first. And then it goes into your heart. And when it goes into your heart, then your heart softens to the dhikr. What does that mean? Talinu. Uh, that means their body is able to now sit for a long period of dhikr. That means that their heart is not finding any difficulty. Now, I guarantee you, if you come home from work and all you have the dunya is on your mind all day, dunya is not always a bad thing, by the way. It's just a necessary thing sometimes. It just means like my uh, bills, accounts, my, if you whatever, my work, my job. So when we say that, it's distracting your mind. And you sit down for the remembrance of Allah, you're going to have difficulty. You're going to find some rust there, right? You're going to find it's not exactly easy uh, to remember Allah Ta'ala and shift from from work, from dunya to remembrance of Allah. But after a while, once the sakina starts coming down and it penetrates through the, the, the ghafalat of the heart, which the halal ghafalat is like a cloud. And the sinfulness is like a rust. So the cloud, you just have to push it aside. But the rust, you have to scrub it out. Okay. Once that sakina enters the heart, now this is what the ulama call al-fath. Al-fath is now that you can you find ease doing dhikr, and that's what Allah says: "Talin Allah. This is the divine guidance, right? This is how Allah guides people that their heart finds it so easy to continue with this. Okay. So easy to get. That's why short spurts of dhikr are not as beneficial as a long session of dhikr because in a long session, 
you're you can you go deep into it and the sakina penetrates you deeply and so your experience is going to doing let's say two hours is going to be much deeper and stronger and memorable than if you did 20 minutes 20 minutes 20 minutes 20 minutes 20 minutes and interrupted by by matters of dunya and ghafalat okay so that's how sakina enters down inside of our hearts now what are the benefits of sakina most important is the benefits number one it cures illnesses the quran is a cure for illness okay sakina itself cures mental illnesses it cures physical illnesses and there was a psychiatrist in 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 saudi who he had done a favor for some from one of the royal guards of the king so the king became very happy he said sponsored him let him go and do his psychiatry and have an office blah 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 he went and he ended up doing uh quranic psychiatry on people or quranic healing i should say ruqya and he had his own method and his entire method his ingredient was sakina how does he bring about the sakina on these people who maybe they're not fit to do the remembrance of allah he said you put the quran on headphones uh, uh on headphones and you play it for 15 minutes while looking at the name of allah because we know that looking at the mushaf is ibadah prophet said that if looking at the mushaf is ibadah then clearly and naturally then the name of allah is also ibadah so that's why we put the name of allah places tabarruk with the name of allah so he put the name of allah on a card and he said you look at that it says allah muhammad on a card like the ring of the prophet right allah muhammad so he put that on on a card and listen to the quran for 15 minutes and just look at the card that's it you're bringing this nur in and down upon you and you're doing nothing you're literally just sitting there right and then do that again in the middle of the day and do that again at the end of the day for 40 days straight now he's dealing with people who are sick they, some of these people they don't pray some of these people are not fit to pray whatever the situation is and then he he gets regular psychiatrists to come and examine them before and after and then he published all of these results in a book where secular psychiatrists actually change the in some cases letting them home sending them home just from sakina so sakina is it is the ingredient that cures so this, the first thing is is that it cures the second thing that it does is it's a source of victory if you're in a struggle with somebody sakina is a source of victory what's the proof of that right that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the tabut fihi sakina okay it, it inside of it is a sakina and that tabut is a source of victory right for the for the believers right and 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 he also sends down soldiers with it so the source of victory for the bani israel was the tabut why because it has sakina in it what's what's in it baqiyatun mimma taraka al musa wa al haruna tahmiluhu al malaika angels are carrying this tabut it's a box who knows how big it was but it has the remnants of musa and harun and their families like what it had whatever tablets that were revealed to satan like the rem remnants of those tablets that he had smashed against the walls against the mountain and it had in it his staff the staff of satan and musa and it had in it the garments of harun and musa and their families why because the sakina that came down upon a prophet when he's speaking to allah is not like other sakina like that is the most intense sakina so that 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 itself now musa is gone but his 
closes there. His staff, that staff is something special. This is Tabarruk. So also on top of that, we have Sayyidina Yusuf, for example, that he must have done some great ibadah in his shirt that he believed and knew. Because prophets don't act by speculation. He knew that it had a barakah to it. The sakina comes down like this. So he took, and it comes on everything. So he took his shirt, and he said, give this to my father, rub it on his eyes. Okay? Paraphrasing. And he rubbed it on his eyes, Sayyidina Yaqub, and he was healed from blindness. So, sakina is ilaj. Okay? We, we, we bring down from the Quran what is a shifa, which from the meanings of this is that the recitation brings a sakina, which is the shifa. Okay? Because if you take the verses of Quran and you were to do this, you're not going to get shifa. It's the recitation and it's the sakina that comes down with the recitation. That's the source of shifa. That's how it works. Shifa means a cure. Uh, sakina has in it uh, mood lifting. Sakina has in it tarad shaitan. Sakina brings with it the uh, hab, the 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 of the igraat of the dunya. The, the distractions and the temptations of the dunya go away when sakina comes down. Can you imagine doing like a Laylatul Qadr and then as soon as you walk out, somebody comes up to you with worldly news? Like it's not something that matches with the experience that we're having right now, right? It contradicts that. So you don't want that. So so the nature of sakina is it actually repels dunyawi things. Okay. It repels it. Uh, it has in it tabrid shahawat It cools down the desires of a person. If a person's desires or shahawats are inflamed, if he was to sit with a dhikr of salah on the Prophet وسلم, his shahawats would decrease. Right? It would cool down. Okay. In it is jala al awham. He pushes away awham. What is what is a wham? It's a false idea. A wahm is a false idea. So in Sakina, when Sakina comes down, it pushes away whims and false ideas. Ideas that just aren't true. So that you see the truth as truth and you want to follow it and you see falsehood as falsehood and you're disgusted by it and you and you push it away. Okay. With Sakina is Mukashafat al Ghayb. With a Ru'ya Saliha. Prophet said in the tafsir of Lahum al Bushra fil Hayat al Dunya, that is. A righteous man, he receives a righteous dream. So these are all the impacts and the effects of Sakina. Now, what about al-amal al-mujiba dinuzul al-Sakina? What about uh, actions that bring about the coming down of Sakina? The number one action that has no discussion on it is dhikrillah. But it must be done in large amounts. All right. How do I get a large muscle? By exercising that muscle. So if I just do, okay, let's exercise the muscle one lift a day. Not going to do anything. It's not going to do anything for you. It's completely useless, right? All right, studying. I'll study for 15 minutes a day. Useless. Certain things need a lot. Certain things don't need a lot. For example, fasting does not need a lot. And Prophet said, and the Prophet said, whoever fasts, yani his month, and if there's many hadiths in which it's just, just if you just do your fard, then maybe some sunnah mu'akkadah, it's good to go. Hajj, so it's something once in a lifetime or once every five years or something like this, right? Uh, the year five years has been mentioned. 
in athar and ahadith. You don't need a lot of hajj. But dhikrillah in the Quran always comes with the kathra next to it. Uthkurullah dhikran kathira. Kainusabbihika kathira unathkuraka kathira. How about Sayyidina, uh, 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 the, the munafiqeen? It's said about, la yathkuroon Allah illa qalila. And Allah blames the hypocrites by, they don't remember Allah except very little. So it didn't cure them of their hypocrisy, right? So, so it's the way of hypocrites. And so dhikr must be much. It has to be a lot in order for it to have an impact. Now, let's say I can't do a dhikr Allah. I do 10 minutes, I get exhausted. Fair enough, because there are some people physically, they have that, we can understand that physically, right? You can understand that a guy jogs, he never jogged before, he's jogged for five minutes, he can't do anymore, right? There are people who are like that. Okay, so the best thing for them, which is to unify and to meet and to be in the companionship of somebody who does a lot of dhikr. Why? Their light will come onto you. What's the proof of that in the Quran? Who is better? One who is dead? We gave him life. And we gave him a light, meaning Iman, Yaqeen, Sakina. He walks in it. He walks with that nur into the people. That means literally by keeping the company of someone whose heart is filled with Sakina and nur, you will receive that Sakina and nur just by being in the same presence of them. All right, now if somebody comes in the room from a worldly sense, because there's there are worldly things and there are un, other unseen things. Sikin is an unseen thing. There are worldly things that it's, or it's, I should say it's a heavenly thing. Okay, there are worldly things that we can understand this with. If somebody comes in and is extremely agitated, doesn't that affect our whole mood? Like we're four guys here in this studio. If someone comes in here really happy, wouldn't you start getting optimistic about yeah. life, right? If someone comes in here really depressed without saying a word, wouldn't you also get right? Get that? So a suhba, it has the value that literally what's as if what's in his heart is coming out, pulsating out, and you're receiving it. Okay. It's like if I work with perfume all day and I smell really nice. Yeah. And you know, I'm spending time with other people. Mm-hmm. They're going to smell That's nice exactly too. what the Prophet said. The, the perfumer, you spend all day in the perfume shop, you're, you're naturally going to be trying stuff on. Right, yeah. it's it's going to come on you. The scent's going to come on you, and then you walk into another room. Everyone smells your perfume. Uh, uh, exact opposite being the one who works with like a blacksmith, right? And there's ashes everywhere. Or a mechanic. Aren't you going to go home smelling like gas? Right. So you're going to start smelling like uh, you know oils, grease, gas, all that stuff. Someone goes home, and 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 this happens in many Muslim homes. It's not good, by the way, uh, because the prophet did not like bad smells in the masjid. If you cook in the house. Like your jacket is there, your clothes is there. You have to open windows or you have to put some bukhur afterwards because we smell that in the masjid. You come in the masjid for Aisha, Maghrib, and we smell the cooking in the, uh, like off your jacket. You don't smell it because you were in the house, but we smell it and it's, it's an offensive smell. The Prophet did not want the negative association, the offensive smell in the house, uh, in the masjid, because it's a negative association. Next, uh, from the sources and the ways of having Sakina come down, it is al-khashya. Khashya. Okay. As the Quran tells us, khashya is a source of Sakina. And khashya is in awe of Allah. You are standing in front of the king and the creator, so you have to have awe. And the awe, that khashya is a combination of love, it's a combination of fear, and it's a combination of desire. You have desire for what he has. You have fear for, his, for, for, for falling out of his favor. And you're in awe of the beauty of his creation. 
and his power. So that's combined. All that is what we call khashya. All right. Having khashya of Allah is one. It's, it's a state of the heart. It's not a word that you say. It's a state. You can remind yourself by remembering all his powers, remembering his beauty of his creation, remembering uh, his ata, his willingness to give, the amount that he has to give, and also remembering that it's not just a one-way street. If we fall on the opposite side of things, the punishment is very vicious. You don't want it. So that's all of the uh, the amal al-mujiba, this sakina. What about awqat nuzul al-sakina? The times in which sakina is stronger than at other times. Sakina can come down at any time. Any time that you sit and recite yourself a juz or two of Quran, you're gonna you have to feel that sakina, or else there are sins in the heart, or there is aqaid. There was a uh, sheikh actually, I think it was Sheikh Abdurrahman al shaghuri and he had a uh, a man in the khalwa. In the khalwa, it's it's an intensive dhikr that they do. It's like in the rent, they have like a room or an apartment and the person sits there and they just do dhikr for like two days or three days or four days, whatever it is. And the sheikh goes in and he speaks to them and he and he advises them and he looks at his state, examines his state. And this man, he was doing all this dhikr, but he was not getting any effect. And the sheikh could see that there was no effect on this person. So he asked him and he, he, he finally came to the conclusion. He asked him about his beliefs. He finally found a problem and that this man, he had something in his heart against Ahlul Bayt. Like he was like, well, why Ahlul Bayt? Why are they so special? Right? Well, why are human beings so special? Right? Why was Adam special? Why did Allah elevate Adam? He didn't, there is no, nothing that Adam said, had done at that time. Right? Allah Ta'ala elevated Adam because of his knowledge that his offspring, okay, would in fact be believers and MBA, okay, and righteous people. So Iblis had a problem with that. So this man, he had a little bit of that disease. He he didn't like this idea that Ahlul Bayt are favored just by their birth. Now, Ahlul Bayt, they're not allowed to do injustice. Their sins also count double against them. As the Quran tells the wives of the Prophet, if you do good, double the reward. If you do sins, double the punishment, right? So it's a two-way street for Ahlul Bayt. So it is fair, okay? So... But secondly, Allah favors whom he wills, and you submit to whom he favors. You never had a problem when he favored the human over the jinn, the human over the dog, the human over the, the mu'min, human over the angel. Angels serve us. We don't serve angels, right? So he fixed that aqidah. Once he fixed that aqidah, all of a sudden, the anwar of the dhikr were flowing beautifully in his heart. It's as if there was a lock that was not done right. Okay, that was locked and closed so the anwar were not coming into his heart. So correction of aqidah is before all of this. Okay, and then removal of sins, of course. So the awqat, the times, is any time, number one, but the greatest time that sakina comes down is the last third of the night. And then on top of those last third of the nights, it's the, the night between Thursday and Friday. Uh, uh, after that is the first of rajab because there are th- some athar and ahadith on the first of rajab the night before the first of Rajah. And then there is the uh, nights before the two Eids. And then there is the night of Nisfah Shaban, which is March 17th. And then there is the greatest is Laylat al-Qadr. In terms of the daytimes, it is the hour before Maghrib on Friday. Every Friday, that period of time before Maghrib is a blessed time. 
Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr is a blessed time. And the most blessed of all days are the nine days of Dhul Hijjah. And the greatest of all days is Yom Arafah. That is the greatest. It is the, the Laylat al-Qadr of the daytime. So Laylat al-Qadr of uh, Ramadan is at night. And the version of that of the daytime is the Yom Arafah, which is the day in which all the pilgrims and the Hujjaj are there at Arafah. Okay. Uh, seeking uh, forgiveness for the sins. And we here are fasting that day. We fast Yom Arafah as one of the greatest sunan of fasting. All right, so this is the idea and the concept that Sakina is a substance. And it's something we have access to at all times. And it's a healing for our mental states, our emotional states, but it cannot be accessed if there are a lot of sins, you're going to have to fight through them. And if there's a false you know, concept and a conception in our aqidah, then that sakina will not shine through. That nur, it'll just, it'll be locked. It's like a wall. It's no different than a wall. I can have the biggest light in the world and it's not going to penetrate through the wall between me and my neighbor. Simple as that. All right, that's, uh, let's stop here and let's take a look at what we got going on. Today's topic uh, is the sakina. And we talked about a lot of things regarding sakina. We talked about the nature of sakina, how it comes down how it's something that physically comes down through your clothes, through your skin, through your heart, or into your heart, and the effects of sakina, And then the amal, the deeds that bring us sakina, and the times that bring us sakina. Fatima, uh, JPEG says, can you please um, repeat those times for the evenings, for, for the, in the 24-hour cycle, it's the last third of the night. It's the greatest time for sakina to come down. In, in the weekly, it's the night between Thursday and, and Friday, which we call Laylat al-Jumma'ah, the night between Thursday and Friday. In the daytimes, Wednesday between Dhuhr and Asr. Friday, the greatest of the weekly, is Friday between Asr and Maghrib. Uh, in terms of annually in the year, it's the night before the first of Rajab, the night before the two Eids, the night before the 15th of Shaban and Laylatul Qadr. Laylatul Qadr. Okay, which is hidden. And the from the daytime, annually, it's Yom Arafah. Yom Arafah is the 9th of the Hijjah. And then, of course, Eid is the next day, 10th of the Hijjah. Okay. And that way you never feel like you're missing anything. If you miss one day, then, you know, in your weekly cycle, say, there's something always to look forward to. Exactly. There's, there's, so there's always something in your weekly cycle. So Wednesday is in the middle, right? And then you have Thursday night and Friday. And then even if when you pass that into sun, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you have the last third of the night, right? We should always be profiting in our deen and in our dunya. Because when you're, when you're going to the king, you're going to ask for both, right? You're going to ask for your deen. May Allah bless our deen. Right? And keep us on istiqamah until the day we meet Allah Ta'ala. Without ever having fallen to false bid'ah of aqidah, mubiqat, major sins, or misguided fiqh, like misguided decisions. That Let's say it's not aqidah mistake. I didn't deviate from al-sunnah, but I, I had a judgment call and I chose a terribly misguided, I made a terribly misguided decision. That's why Allah said, the Prophet says, Allahumma alhimni rushdi, inspire me to my guidance, right? Rushd, what is correct? There's a lot of times a scholar uh, in the past, they've criticized other scholars not on the fact that he left the sunnah, is that he had a fatwa or a ruling or a decision with a politician, with a ruler, 
a decision in the world that was a misguided decision, right? So, uh, Cozy Chloe says, did the Prophet also gather with his companions to do dhikr for a few days in seclusion besides in i'tikaf? So, did the Prophet ever have a time where he, well, remember the Prophet is at war, right? So, we would say that in Mecca, they used to do ibadah in Dar al-Arqam. That was the private lead in Dar al-Arqam. In Medina, it was during the Antikaf. And were there ever a time where he was in seclusion? Abu Bakr radiallahu on the way to the Hijrah. Well, on the way to the Hijrah, of course. He must have received Actually, such openings at that time. I have the video. Yeah. I, can I play the, of the ayat of this? Play it. Okay. Bismillah. Brian's going to play a video for us. You have your earbud or you want to just... Yeah, I'll pull up with the full earbud. But I was just thinking, like, isn't every single time the companions are with the Prophet isn't that dhikr of Allah if you're with, just with the if Prophet? You're, by the way, if you're with the Prophet, you don't go in seclusion. You stay with the Prophet, peace be upon him. So that's good observation. All right, let's hear it. إلا تنصروه فقد نصره الله فقد نصره الله فقد نصره الله إذ أخرجه الذين كفروا ثانية اثنين إذ هما في الغار إذ يقول لصاحبه لا تحدث إن الله معنا فأنزل الله سكينته عليه وأيده بجنود لم تروها وجعل كلمة الذين كفروا السفلى وكلمة الله هي العليا والله عزيز حكيم that was a beautiful recitation. The uh, what Ryan just played, uh, you can catch it on the YouTube stream, was the ayah of Sakina, and how that ayah, that verse of Sakina was a source of victory for Allah and His Messenger, uh, for 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 the Messenger Sallallahu and specifically with Sayyidina Abu Bakr, okay, and at the Battle of Badr. So, uh, what you were saying about Sayyidina Abu Bakr, the Prophet Sallallahu for sure. What was transmitted to Sayyidina Abu Bakr was something so special and so khas. And the barakat and the futuhat that Allah has bestowed upon Sayyidina Abu Bakr in that ghar hira, it must be something that can't be described. And there's other examples, right, of the Prophet um, Like uh, what he told Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, mm -hmm. where Abu Huraira, he mentions it, Sahih Muslim, that Allah has given me two vessels. SubhanAllah. And one that I've mm -hmm. shared with you and the other, if you knew, you would have cut my throat. Yeah. Meaning that, you know, this is private information that the Prophet yeah. shared. And same with Hudayfah, the secret keeper of the Prophet. Yes. So there are other examples in terms of secrets between the Prophet and, uh, and Sahaba that he says that Hudayfah ibn al-Yaman was a secret keeper. So the Prophet told him a certain knowledge that he didn't tell others. Sayyidina Abu Huraira, that the Prophet told him, he gave him two vessels, one that I give to everybody. One, if I give it, you cut my throat, which means that it's, it's private between him and... <laughs> And the Prophet it was something that would not be shared to everybody else. So those are examples of that. Um, let's take some other questions. Uh, uh, Ramasna says, this dhikr is a very broad term. Is there a preferred dhikr 
of the Prophet Sallallahu like how you mentioned preferred times. The, there are various athkar that have various effects according to the ulama. Number one, and according to the hadith, of course, the recitation of the Quran solidifies a person's iman and puts a barrier between them and hypocrites and, and, and disbelievers. Right? This is in the Quran itself. Okay. Secondly, the Prophet said that salah upon him removes anxieties and, and sadnesses, meaning anxieties about the present, grief about the past. Right. So anxiety is always about the future, actually. And grief is about the past. So different afghar have different uh, uh, results. Hasbunallahu ni'mal wakil is a dhikr that's to be done when you have an enemy. La ilaha illa subhanaka ni kuntu min al is when you have a grief or a misery that comes upon you. And you have to do this all day. Okay. La ilaha illallah is when you have doubts and wiswas. Allah is when you want Allah to open the risk for you. And of course, all of the 99 names. So if you're feeling, for example, you need, a, you wish that Allah would be generous to you, you call, Ya Kareem, Ya Kareem, Ya Kareem. All right. If you wish that Allah Ta'ala not punish you because of something terrible that you did, Ya Ghafoor, Ya Halim. So you have to read the 99 names and call upon them, the one that is appropriate to your situation right now. And this is why the word Latif and the Ratib are so amazing too, right? Because yeah. the Imam Haddad combined all of the warning mm -hmm. Azkar of the Prophet So you want a multivitamin. Right. So let's say, hey, I'm a regular guy. I don't know all this. Just give me something that I can do every single day that will protect me, that will, will give, will ease my rizq, that will forgive my sins, that will guide me to the right path. So Sayyidina Imam al-Haddad, he gathered from the Sunnah, al-Wirda al-Latif when al-Ratib al-Shahir. Al-Wirda al-Latif, the gentle daily remembrance. Al-Ratib al-Shahir, the, the, the daily uh, but Ratib means something you always do and Shahid is famous based on the most famous of God and so you can get those two on safinasidi.org backslash wirt Ryan if you could punch that in there for us please safinasidi.org backslash lowercase wirt so when you go into these you recite one one of them every morning and one of them every evening if you whether you swap it or not it doesn't matter but usually people recite Al-Wirda Latif in the morning and Ratib al-Shahid at night you can just play it in your car on your commute. or You, know, you can play it in the car. Home. Yeah, we have it on MP3, video, and PDF download on that page. So, Ryan, what do you have any questions so far? Oh, yeah, I've got a lot of questions Shoot. over here. Um, how does one manage fear of Allah born out of guilt, especially not knowing what kind of standing they have in front of them? This is a good question. This person says, how do I manage my fear of Allah based on guilt? I'm so, I feel so guilty. Right uh, for my sins, I'm so afraid. The thing is, this you are not dealing with one that you cannot communicate with. This is not a human being who's angry at you, who's out to get you. This is not a, a disease that you can't talk to when you can't find it in your body and you're afraid of. When you deal with Allah, you're dealing with one who has given you exactly if you do this, you will get this result from me. And that's the difference between Allah, uh, the creator, and the creation. The creation is weak and hence whimsical and unpredictable. You can't predict human beings. And they're whimsical. So I can might have a guy who says, listen, I, hey, listen, all those debts you owe me, you know, $5,000, forget about it. Then that, the guy comes home at night and he gets, and he realizes he gets a bill for 3000 He calls you back up and says, you know what? Maybe not forget about all of it. Give me at least 4000 right? 
humans are whimsical, okay? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, he's made predictable formulas. If you do this, you will get this result. So you should not have anxiety when dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he's given you a way out of this. If you have angered Allah, then your solution is istighfar. Much, much istighfar and tawbah, and you will find the result that Allah promises in the Quran. So the Quran is a book filled of promises. So go into the Quran and it's not, you're not dealing with someone difficult. You're not dealing with someone who has anything to gain or lose by this. So al-istighfar, 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 it will calm this down and you will continue with this. Istighfar means repentance, saying astaghfirullah, make wudu, pray, give sadaqah. Sadaqah puts out the anger of Allah. If you feel that you've angered Allah with something, give sadaqah. Okay. Make istighfar. If you don't have money to give sadaqah, smile at people. The smile is the replacement. Uh, it's the sadaqah of the poor. The smile is the sadaqah of the poor because he doesn't have money to give out. So go around being nice to people, right? Smiling at people, helping people, etc., etc. All right, let's take this question here that says, "Yeah, here, who's who's going crazy downstairs?" <laughs> Who? There's the bounty hunter. The bounty hunter. Yeah. Yo, I want to talk to him. Guys, we live in this house, right? The previous owner must have done something wrong, right? And there's a bounty hunter coming. We should bring for him the as previous a guest. Owner. Hey, Ryan, bring him up. Let's let's put him on the live stream. He comes and he, he talks a tough game, but like we're totally like have nothing yeah, to do. Yeah, Ryan with was right? saying that like he was taking notes. Yeah, and, and like being like, oh, I'm like recording all. Oh, Too man. bad. Yeah, Ryan was saying like he was taking notes, and then Ryan looks over. He's, he's, right? yeah. he's like a retired cop, or maybe he's not, but he's basically like uh, you're talking squares and circles. And then <laughs> he's talking to Ryan like he's some official, like you're, you're in trouble, right? As if Ryan's like, I'm taking notes on you. And you, it's like, listen, you're asking me for what's his name, Enrique or whoever? Hector. Hector, the previous owner of this house, right? Uh, where we're at right now. Like, what do I care? It's not my business, right? So we don't have to be scared of this. So, Naivet. Too bad. <laughs> Next time, could you pull your pull your phone out and record it? Yeah, because he's not an officer of the law. But yeah. like, he has absolute zero authority. Now the best thing was, I was telling him, like, yeah, I'm just like a cleaner. I'm just yeah. like this that, and he's like, he's like, what law school did you go to? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I need to go to law school. He's like, all right, good, because you need to get your money back. Oh <laughs> my god, was like, is that supposed to be like? I'm supposed to like feel bad about that? Oh, really rough disc there. Crazy. I dealt with one bounty hunter in my life before this. It was a guy who was serving papers. Well, I guess not a bounty hunter, but he's got to serve papers, yeah. right? Uh, to to a landlord that I had at one point, who was a Colombian dude who was a builder, who uh, he couldn't pay for any of his equipment anymore. And so he defaulted on all those payments to the bank and he fled back to Colombia, <laughs> right? And he, um, he was a wreck, this guy. He was a wreck. He was on drugs. He had punched down, he punched walls. He was he was a wreck, but his house was really nice because he was a builder. All right, the procrastinator at work. So procrastinating, but if you're watching live stream, it's good. Uh, <laughs> Sakina comes down. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that Sakina uh, comes down. Your dhikr goes up. He's saying, wouldn't it go up? He said, no. Your dhikr goes up. Your deeds go up. Right. Allah raises your deeds up to the heavens so that they could be received. But every, the five of the six ayat of Sakina says, Allah brings down his Sakina. 
And what is the sacred space? The sacred space is the location where Sakina has been coming down for a long time, right? Sakina has been coming down for a long period of time to the point that that location is now filled with Sakina. And that's why in if you go to a city and you need to pray somewhere, pray in the oldest mosques because there's the most Barakah and Sakina. Allah has been worshipped there for decades, upon centuries, upon centuries, upon centuries. What about your homes? How your homes? Yeah. You can make your home Please. and fill it with Sakina and Nur by regular adhkar there, out loud, especially the, the Qur'an of children, the recitation of children. And there's anti-Sakina. There cannot be Sakina except that there's also a darkness. Darkness is brought down by sins, by anger, by greed, the opposite of khashya, everything negative in the heart. And it's also brought down by, it's it's nullified by music. It's nullified, not, there, there's some music that is halal, for example, by the voice only, right? It's 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 ruined by ghafla, nonstop ghafla, ghafla, ghafla. Ghafla means empty, heedless, empty calories, but in terms of deeds, right? Empty deeds. It's like being asleep. It's like being asleep. Yeah, waste of time. Or it's like eating junk food. Ghafla. Yeah. Like technically it's not haram, right? It's not haram for me to see you sit, sit down and watch, you know, some someone talk about whatever, anything on YouTube. But it's after a while, the ghafla becomes harmful. So much of the halal, too much of something halal that it starts to, that Allah is not remembered anymore, it becomes harmful. Ryan, you're up. Can, can you elaborate on the Sakina mentioned in marriages in Surah Al-Rum? Mm, Sakina mentioned in marriages in Surah Al-Rum. That type of Sakina is the Sakina between two believing servants that Allah has placed when they get married. As opposed to the la'na, the curse on people when they are in zina. So just as zina is punishable, punishable, marriage is rewardable. And this is why when people wonder, well, how do we how do we be happy in marriage? It's not something that you always try to do yourself. Why don't you have Allah do it for you? How? Do acts of ibadah with your wife. Uh, have taqwa with your wife. Have Do acts of generosity towards her, and she does acts of generosity towards you. You will get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sakina to come down upon you. Okay? ja'ala. The verse says, he is the one who placed... So therefore, that sakina is something we cannot buy it. You cannot hold it. You do certain acts and deeds for the sake of Allah, and it comes down, and all of a sudden, you get along. She may have been a complete stranger before you got married. In the olden days, they had arranged marriages, right? You ever see these arranged marriages? But you're like, wow, grandpa never even saw a grandmother until like 15 minutes before the nikah. Yeah. That's how my grandparents. And and then they, they they came into the room one day and they show us a black and white picture of a girl like this. Who's that? That's your wife, right? That's your wife, right? And then they showed the picture of the husband, okay, to the girl. Who's that? That's your husband. What do you mean that's my husband? Yeah, you're getting married. I don't want to get married. Well, get dressed because we're going now to get married. That's how they got married in the back. I'm not advocating for that. But that was the world they lived in. But guess what? 70 years passed. They make it work. They make it work. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not all of it's so romantic, but I'm sure some of them, they made it happen because they had taqwa, he had taqwa towards her, she had taqwa towards him. They both feared Allah and Allah made it work, 
right? Now, by the way, you can investigate a woman or a man can, can be investigated by his wife to, to, to be. And you can get every test done on this person and you can sit with them a million times and do everything that you could do. Well, guess what? When you get married in 10 years, he could change. Yeah. You still can't control that. What happens? Okay, you married a guy. He's a good guy. He makes 75 you know, grand a year and he's a nice guy. You don't know who he's going to become if he gets fired. He's never been fired before. He's never been poor before, right? You may be starting off and all of a sudden, now you make a, a 200 grand a year and he got fired. You don't know who he's going to become when that happens. You need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in marriage. The, the opposite could be the case. He's a really nice guy. He's very humble, but all of a sudden he makes it big. He can become a tyrant. What if he makes it big and you start becoming out of shape, right? He's like, well, why am I tolerating this, right? Some people get like this, right? All these midlife crises, they have no taqwa. They don't have taqwa, okay? So if you marry a guy without taqwa, things could change, right? Divorce could happen. Personality changes can completely happen, right? But we have taqwa. And when you have taqwa, when you have knowledge too, that sweetness of life is not by the flesh. Of course, the flesh is nice and it's wonderful and there's a lot of ni'mah there, right? And what the eyes see of beauty is wonderful. We, we don't deny that. But there is a greater source of happiness for a mu'min, and that is a sakina that comes down. So that if a person looks around him and says, man, this everything stinks here. My house stinks. I'm not happy in my marriage. My kids are, you know, they're annoying. My boss is annoying. Everything stinks. That could lead a person to either being an alcoholic, start to go to alcohol, go to drugs, or just go crazy and leave the family. It happens, right? But we as mu'mineen, what we promote and preach here, take your problem to Allah, ask for that sakina to come down. Once the sakina comes down, it's I can't tell you the experience, how it is. Everything that you look at, it becomes blessed. It's almost like everything you look at, it's wonderful, right? You feel so optimistic about everything that you see. That is what sakina does for a person. But you have to go do it. You can't just listen to me talking about it. You got to go and sit and remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for extended periods of time. And watch it, the Sakina do its job. And if you want the, the strongest, the most effective on your mood is Salah on the Prophet. The most effective on your Iman is the Qur'an. Some people say, what's greater, the Qur'an or Salah on the Prophet? It's different things. If you have issues with your Iman, it's the Qur'an. If you have issues, like I'm a strong woman, but my mood is terrible, I'm so upset with life. Okay, Salah on the Messenger It will change everything. You'll be looking at something that you hated two minutes before, you'll see everything good about it. You'll be seeing somebody that you loathed the day before. You have so much forgiveness and generosity towards them. How does it happen? Who cares how it happens? It happens, right? Happens because that's what Sakina does. Ryan, you're up. If you are listening to a khutbah and sleep comes upon you during it, can this be assumed that it's Sakina? <laughs> if you are listening to a khutbah and you fall asleep, could it be Sakina? It's funny because they do mention that falling asleep during dhikr is a result of a novice receiving sakina, right? It is. They do have said that. It is also the result of somebody tired. Simply, physically, they slept. It is also the result of somebody who simply just does not necessarily, you know, have the stamina for dhikrullah and his mind is accustomed to racing, right, uh, and scrolling, and that's, in a sense, a sort of a negative, but it's a phase. But some have said, yes, it is Sakina. Now, I don't know about the khutbah. 
I really don't know about the chutbah. It could be just the tone of the voice. The the person is monotonous. Might have to make your wudu real quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah, If it's a heavy sleep, you have to make your wudu. Nomadic method. I remember um, from the seerah of the Prophet during um, what I heard was that the falling asleep that happens before a battle. Um, that That's was the Sakina. Yes. And the Prophet said, oh. he'd raise his hand so much yes. that his cloak fell off. Yeah. And like, you know, they started falling asleep and it was as if like their swords were falling out of their hands. That's how much Sakina came That's out. A, that's a great uh, um, confirmation by uh, uh, by Oz when he says here that uh, at the Battle of Badr, for, I don't know if the Instagrammers heard it, so I'm just going to repeat it, that at the Battle of Badr, that it was, the Sakina was so much, they all fell asleep. Right before the battle, who falls asleep right before you're about to be, you know, have a, a great battle? Usually, you can't fall asleep the night before, but the sakina was so much they had a deep sleep, and it and that sakina came into their hearts and removed all the fear from their hearts. That's what sakina does; it removes all the fear from a person's heart, all the anxieties. All right, more questions on sakina. There is a question on um, procrastinator at work says is salah on the prophet dhikr of course it's, it's one of the greatest things what is the short salah to read allahumma salli wa sallim alayhi you can begin with any salah on the prophet let's say salah ibrahim just so that his name is mentioned because we're gonna the short dhikr only mentions the pronoun so you start with salah ibrahim and then you can say allahumma salli wa sallim alayhi as much as you want is it necessary to have a specific daily dhikr from a sheikh it's good to it's good too. And and if you want that, then it's where's the Latif in the morning or Shahid at night. Can we have the name of the reciter in the video on Ayat as Sakina? Ryan, who was the reciter? Did Hadi it say? Hadi Tour. Oh, that's the reciter that also recited about uh, the verse of Surah Yusuf, right? Which I played before. Car Aristocrat says if you sin constantly, can that prevent dua from being answered if you don't make tawbah? If you make tawbah in between, then no. Then inshallah, uh, the one who repents from a sin is as if he's a person with no sins. And on top of that, uh, you have to remember something that the Sharia does recognize addicts. And the addict just has to make sure that he makes tawbah and he, he tries every single time to be that to be his last time. Can someone repeat the name of those du'as that he just mentioned? La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen is for somebody who has a, a, a grief upon him. Hasbunallahu ni'mal wakeel is for somebody who has an enemy. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah is when you have weakness. La ilaha illallah is when you have doubts. Astaghfirullah is for somebody who has sins, right? Alhamdulillah, someone who has ni'mah and he wants more. The capitalist is zikr, is shukr. Right, the capitalist who wants to gain more, more and more. Exactly. If you're grateful for what I gave you, grateful does not mean it's with the heart, but also with the body. If Allah gave you, you know, a wonderful kid, and you want another kid, that's fine. But be grateful for the first kid it means give him his dues. Hayat tayyiba, Muzammil Khan. What is hayatan tayyiba? It's exactly what we just said that. Those people who do a lot, who obey Allah and do a lot of dhikr, they have hayat and tayyibah, which means that their perspective of everything is a blessing. And I'm telling you, sometimes when you go in, in certain environments, and when I was younger, I, alhamdulillah, I had the, 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 
the, the blessing of being able to travel to a lot of places. And we would travel, you know, sometimes friends and stuff and sometimes by myself to people and to places where it was with you. And you're on the wavelength of that sheikh as long as you're with them. As long as you say spend a day with the sheikh, right? That whole day is ibadah and dhikr. Even if like we're studying, we're doing adhkar, it's ibadah and dhikr. Then at the end of the day, we get some, any, you know, piece of chicken served with some potatoes on a cheapo plate. Some of them aren't rich, right? But wallahi, you eat that food and you're like, this is like, I'm in heaven, right? Something comes upon a person when they're in a sakina, everything is good. They view everything as wonderful. That's what it means is hayatan tayyibah. Whereas the opposite is called ma'ishatan danka, which is whoever, man aradan dikri, whoever goes away from my remembrance and he remembers the, the things of the darkness, sins, etc. You wake up the next morning and it's just all misery. Everything, you're miserable at everything. The sin is covering your heart and your mind. You are just, nothing could make you out of this, this mood. And those people fall into that rut. The only thing that perks them up is now the darkness. They'll be miserable all day. Until about 8, 9, 10 p.m., 10, 30 p.m., that's when they start perking up and they get excited and now they're happy. Why? Because now you're, you're fed by the darkness, right? And they go into sins and they go into nonsense and they, they become creatures of the night. Is it true that if you repeat the name, a specific name of Allah without guidance of a murshid or a sheikh that it could harm you? I believe so. I don't have much knowledge on that, but I do believe that it, it is possible. In excessive amounts. In excessive amounts, not like in a, in a regular amount. Like if you're purposely doing it, right? You have to really purposely do it. But if like, I need a lot to be generous. So every once in a while I say, yeah, kareem, yeah, kareem, yeah, kareem, yeah, kareem, right? Then no. Caitlin says, when, when to know to stop making dua, to marry a certain person and to move on to another marriage prospect. I'm always split-minded on the question of du'a to marry a specific person. But I think that the person should say that person or someone like them. Because you never love a person, you love their qualities, right? It's not the person. You love, well, what, what happens if the person comes a murtad tomorrow, apostates tomorrow, right? Will you still want to marry them? Probably not, right? So it's not the person, it's the qualities of that person, right? So you ask Allah Ta'ala, oh Allah, let me marry that person or someone like him or her, right? If it's a guy seeking that for a woman. How do you know when to stop? Well, you can go by the, uh, the, the actual, the, the worldly realities. You put yourself, you realize, okay, I'm not going to wait until this age. Or why, why, uh, why not take the initiative? Even if you're a woman, you could take initiative, but you're going to do it through a proxy that goes and say, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? He doesn't say that she's she's the one who's pining over you and she wants to marry you. Don't say that. But you say something like, hey, someone has suggested such and such for you, right? Who suggested it? Oh, they want to stay anonymous, right? Or you say me, okay? But so the girl, for a girl to, to initiate, she can initiate it anonymously. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is how Sayyid Khadija initiated, okay? She initiated it anonymously. So why sit around and wait? Take action. Then the worldly events will make it clear to you whether you have to move on or you can move forward. But I really do believe that Allah Ta'ala will never leave someone disappointed if they're getting up in the last of the night avoiding sins. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get, you know, 
uh, we're never, it's never, it's not advertised, especially in marriage, because there's another person involved that it's exactly that, but it will be something very much that makes you happier, even either that or happier. So you're going to be happy. No one, you ever see someone just sit disappointed? Yeah, I tried. We invested a lot of money. We did everything possible. We failed. We lost all our money, right? That will never, ever, ever happen in du'a. You will never sit and say, you know what? I, I, I did salah. I did umrah. I did hajj. I give sadaqah. You know, I made a lot of du'a. Just wasted all my time, right? That will never happen unless you choose for that to happen. It will never happen. You just continue with the du'a and continue the ibadah. Then Allah will open it for you. Eventually, it just takes time. As I told, said in the podcast and many other times, it takes four years to get a rotten old high school diploma, which nobody cares about. It takes four years, right? So your dua, you know, give it time. Let it marinate. Let time pass. Ryan, what you got? Once you have received Sakina from Allah and we lose it as quickly as we received it. Can you lose your Sakina as quickly as you received it? The answer is yes. There are things that cause you to lose Sakina. From people's experience, this is not from the Sunnah, it's not from the Deed, but it is from the experience of the Adifin, is that when they gulp down cold water, it's as if it puts out the Sakina. But if they take warm or hot drinks, it actually Im improves it, right? It, it, it doesn't put it out. It's That's experience. But sins, of course. Ghafla, heedlessness. So they said, you come out of Laylat al-Qadr and say, hey, look at this highlights of Steph Curry. I don't want to see this right now. It's not the time. It's going to negate my Sakina, right? It negates their Sakina. All right. If you can made an oath to Allah not to repeat a sin, but then you did, do you have to expiate? You have to expiate, yes. Don't make, don't make oaths like that when you're, uh, when you're in a situation where you're, you're, you're constantly committing the sin. When I was younger, yeah. um, I would always say like, "Wallahi this, Wallahi that." Oh yeah. And then, uh, so eventually, like, and you know, like my friends, they would prove me wrong, and I, yeah. you know, I'd say, oh, "I'm sure of oh, this." Oh my god. Twenty-one days I had to fast in high school. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> He's an expiating machine. Mashallah, Layla or Layli, oh five. Alhamdulillah, may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protect and preserve you. My question is about making up fast in the month of Shaban. As much as possible, make up all of your fast because if the next Ramadan comes, if one or more years lap you in terms of your makeup, then you owe the qada and fidya. Fidya is feeding one poor Muslim. And you could do that. The mosque will tell you how much the fidya is. They'll say $10, put it in an envelope, and you write fidya, okay, in capital letters, and so that they make sure that they give it in the right place. So if you and then and then if, if you're lapped, whether it's one year or ten years, it doesn't matter. It's one fidya per day in which you were lapped in your qada. Lapped meaning a whole year passed and you didn't make up your fasts. Qada is make up fast. And fidya is a financial payment of sadaqah in lieu of not doing something properly. That's what the word fidya means. Is there a cutoff date where you can fast? Can't fast in the month of Shaban. No, you can um, fast any time in the month of Shaban. Uh, if you're making up qada, even if you're making up, even if it's the last day of Shaban, but you want to do the qada, you can do that. There's, it's not haram and or invalid. Uh, can you um, tell us about fasting on Fridays? Is that permissible? Fasting on Fridays in the Madik Madhab has no haraj in fasting on Fridays. There's no problem, except if someone is intentionally trying to imitate the Jews, which I don't think anybody is. But that's the only time it would be makru. But you can fast anytime on Friday. The only time it's haram to fast are the days of Eid. And you don't have to like fast 
on Friday and then Saturday as well, or Thursday no. and Friday. It's you just- don't have to double it up. Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Friday, you don't have to do that. Tanya says, how do you remove anger towards your parents regarding the past? They could still be alive or has passed. It is blockage in receiving Allah's rahmah. It is very difficult. Yes. You have to, to have time has to pass. And you have to think about something else. And you have to try to see, you have to try to be, play jujitsu with yourself. You know, spiritual jujitsu or jujitsu with the world is by something absolutely terrible happens to you. You have to ask yourself, how can I grow? How can I profit from this? How can I grow from this? How can I get better? So you have to insist that there is a way to get better, that this is going to make me stronger. You have to insist on it. You can't say, no, 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 it's so terrible. That's your choice. You have to choose and you have to insist, I'm actually going to get better from this, right? This terrible thing is going to be the source by which Allah is teaching me a lesson, right? What are the lessons? It's like Allah threw you in a, a ocean or a lake. Go into the bottom of the lake. There's something there. Guarantee you there's something there. Allah Ta'ala is hakim in his actions. He's not do something for no reason. There is wisdom. At the bottom of that lake, you're going to find something valuable. You might find gold at the bottom of the lake. Bottom of the ocean, you might find a pearl. Okay, it's crazy, dark ocean. Go to the bottom. Search, search, search. How is this making me stronger? Until you realize you, you can do jujitsu with everything. Anything that comes your way. Allah is al-hakim. He does everything for a reason. There's no abath in his creation. No meaninglessness in his creation. There's no, there's no toying with the, with the believers. He doesn't toy with the believers like a kid may toy with an ant or a cat. So everything that comes towards your way, towards your, uh, you from, from the world around you, can be, you can do jujitsu on it and find the pearl at the bottom of the ocean. You have to have that mindset. And that's my advice to Tanya. How do you know? Okay, we got that question before. What does Sakina look like after losing someone? I see people ask for Sakina for those who lost their loved ones. And that is that you see that, inshallah, that the person is not committing sins, but rather they're doing greater acts of obedience after their, their severe loss. That's the difference. That's when she said, well, what's the sign of it? That's the sign of it, that they're actually doing more. They got better. They got less attached to the dunya. They realized we're all going to die. We're all going somewhere. They made more du'a for the person. They expiated for their sins. They visit the graveyard now to make du'a for their loved one. And that affects you. It has a good impact on you. That's the sign. Uh, Sam says, can the widow the Latif be recited after Fajr? That's the time for it. It's after Fajr. And widow the Latif, Ratzab al-Shahid, is after Asab towards Maghrib or after Maghrib. Ryan, you're up. Uh, we'll take two more. But Ryan, you're up. How does a parent feel Sakina when their son or daughter is in is in a ghafla? How does a parent feel Sakina when they know that their son or daughter is in ghafla? The Sakina there is that there's always a chance for people to make tawbah. And that many, 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 many people make tawbah in their 20s or their 30s or their 40s. Right? So what, what we have to be is, is we have to be good examples. We just have to be good examples and make sure that there's a tie between us and them. And then we have to be righteous. We have to have taqwa, right? So that they could have a reference point. So that time is going to pass. That person is going to be a young adult someday. And they're going to mature up. 
And hopefully, 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 they will look back at their childhood and say, yeah, I did learn a lot of good things here. I can make use of these things. That's the Sakina in the tribulation of having a difficult child. Last question here that we're going to take from... Uh, from Instagram. Oh, can you hit the close button on the low battery, please? Oh, yeah. I think it goes closer. All right, let me be tender. Says, how can you develop self-forgiveness? I don't think that we have a concept of self-forgiveness. Either Allah forgives us or other the people that we harmed forgive us or that you realize your mistake must be, you know, let's say you bad, make a bad decision in life. Oh, I never checked the question box the whole time. I tell everybody, do question. Um, sometimes you just realize something's qada You said something so stupid to somebody, right? And lost an opportunity. Plus, it happened, right? It's qada and qadr. It's Allah's will. It's something you regret. You learn your, from your mistake and you move on. I think um, one way of putting the question, uh, yeah. rather than self-forgiveness, how do we know that like the signs that our tawbah has been accepted? How do you know that tawbah has been accepted? Oftentimes that you keep making the tawbah. That's oftentimes. And that after keep making the tawbah, you forgot about the sin. After many years of tawbah. That's one of the signs. I'm going to read these questions from the question box really quick. Rapid fire. What's Ahlul Bayt, the lineage of uh, Abdul Muttalib's grand, uh, lineage of Abdul Muttalib? Bani Hashim, and specifically the sons of Hassan and Hussein. Procrastinator works a lot on the Prophet Sallallahu type of dhikr. The answer is yes. What's the difference? What's the best way to balance between salah and dhikr? They're synonymous, so you don't have to worry about that. But everyone should recite their portion of Quran every day. That's for your iman and the, and your portion of salah on the Prophet. That's for your 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 mood. As we said, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that it relieves anxiety and stress. Uh, DNX Tour says uh, if sins block risk. Okay, how does one make up for it? Tawbah, Tawbah, Tawbah. Tawbah will, will, will remove the blockage of sins. Istighfar, much, much istighfar. Wudu, sadaqa. Shahida says, I want to know if one can stay awake all night till Fajr to catch the Hajjud. It will count for you, yes. But it's better to sleep a little bit in the night because that erases all the thoughts of the day and then wake up. So for Anisra Shaban, what we're going to have is Qiyam, then sleep, then to Hajjud. So we're going to have everything. And we're going to have a good tahajjud, like one hour tahajjud. And go by 18 degrees. At uh, We can probably ask to keep MBSC open all night, but we're going to have qiyam for sure in MBSC. We'll ask about keeping it open all night. But we'll, one thing that we should have is we should have that um, when you uh, look at your, your apps on your phones, for the sake of suhoor, I highly advise, okay, and tahajjud, Make sure you stop, you make catch your suhoor and your tahajjud at the 18 degree mark. Okay. Why? Just to be safe, because the most of the world operates on the 18 degree mark, right? Which means that the sun is 18 degrees below the horizon when Fedra comes in. That's what we're talking. You might be like, what the heck are you talking about? Go to your the settings of your prayer timetables, okay? And click on Fedra and you'll see options. So click 18 degrees to be safer, right? I can't say that it's your your CM will not count at 15 degrees. I don't say that. But when they're calculating when Fedra actually comes in, does any one of us go out and see the light coming up? We don't see it. 
So go out and put it at 18 degrees and stop your suhoor at 18 degrees and catch your tahajjud before 18 degrees. Then you could rest right before Salat al-Fajr a little bit because most masajid will pray at 15 degrees. Okay, so we can talk about this again a little bit later. All right, tomorrow's episode, we have Mustafa Briggs will be joining us from Cairo, Egypt, talking about his book on lives of uh, Sahaba, Tabi'een, and scholars that hailed from the continent of Africa. He wrote an, a wonderful book on this topic, and we will have him with us, bi ta'ala, and that will be tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jazakumullah khairan, everybody. Please do not forget, remember Allah much, and make a lot of dua, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make uh, give us a hayat and tayyibah, a good life and a good living. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless everyone and forgive us our sins. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayku al-asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladina amanu amanu s-salihat. Wa tawasubu al-haq. Wa tawasubu al-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi.